Okay, people, it's Monday, so we gotta start the week right with an episode of Chin Check. That's right, people, we are looking back at everything that went down with UFC Fight Night Lewis v. Olenek. Man, we had some great fights, so sit back and, uh, yeah, let's break it all down. Whoa, oh my gosh, what a great night of fights, people, this was a lot of fun, Lewis v. Olenek, we had 12 fights, and I I think all of them were exciting, there wasn't a dull fight on the card, man, like, every single one had a little something about it. And we had some crazy finishes. Some crazy finishes. And also, I, I really think there was a, a few people that just showed their real potential. You know what I mean? Like, everyone, you know, performs well. But there's some, a few cats that are a little inconsistent of late. And you always feel, man... I kind of feel if they hit their full potential, they'd be something, right? They'd be dangerous as fuck. And a couple of those motherfuckers did that tonight. Whoa. So it all started off with the early prelims. We had Erwin Riviera against Ali Al Quasi. And, um, this was, man, this was such a close fucking fight, you know what I mean, it was bantamweight, and Riviera had just had one fight in the UFC, and Al Quazi was making his debut, and I think that showed, you know, and I also believe that Rivi- the fact that Riviera fought in May, was it May, May or June, I think it was May, um, yeah, you you could see. I kind of think that 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 more recent time paid off, right? Because there wasn't a lot between them, you know. Like in that first round, um, they both got takedowns, but you know, Alquazi got a couple of extra over Irwin's one. Erwin, he was probably the better on the feet, but um, yeah, I think it was the extra takedowns probably gave the first round to Alquazi. In the second round, though, it it was close, right? But I again, I kind of feel that Erwin. He had the edge. He just had the edge on the feet, right? And when Alquazi tried to take him down, he ate about six unanswered shots. And, you know, he couldn't hold him, couldn't advance a position, you know? So I think Irwin probably won the second. And then with the third round... You know, they both got takedowns, but Irwin, he, you know, he landed 
more shot. He was always throwing more shots in his combinations, and he hit a flying friggin' knee. Yo, he was coming with the more spectacular shots, which you kind of think that the judges probably paid more attention to. But it was a super close fight, you know. And I think in his next fight, Alquazi, we're gonna see a looser Alquazi. And he's going to be impressed. He, you know, because he didn't look bad tonight. Didn't look bad. It was just he's making his debuts a little bit tight, little bit tight. That was, I think, that was it. That was the big factor, you know. But definitely interested to see what he does next. And um, Riviera, you know, was a good performance, man. So yeah, that was fun. So we then move to the featherweight division. So we've got Peter Barrett, who's making his UFC debut against Yusuf Zalau, who, uh, yeah, we had seen um, just the last month, right? He fought um, Jordan Griffin. Jordan Griffin... Uh, so that was that. That was in end of June, yeah, end of June. So um, you know, making the making the most of uh, you know this current situation we're in. But uh, yeah, another really good fight. Uh, you thought it was gonna be a quick night because Zalao landed that spinning back kick that just. Connected perfectly with Barrett's chin Right, and the way Barrett went down You thought it was done You know But, um, yeah I kind of think it's one of those ones Where someone is out And then they wake up as they hit the canvas Uh, Like, Zalau jumped on him Landed a lot of shots But, yeah, Barrett was able to survive Getting up, Zalau hits him with a huge knee but yeah, he survives, man. Eating a lot of shots, gets through the round. Second round, like, you know, you wouldn't have thought Barrett was nearly, you know what I mean, decapitated in the first. Comes out, does a better job of getting in close early. But it's just Salau's movement. His movement and his timing just, you know, really set him apart in this fight. And, you know, towards the end of the second and then in the third round, it's just Zalau's ability to mix things up. You know, he's throwing a variety of different shots. He's throwing different kicks. And the way he mixed in the takedowns, the way he mixed in the takedowns was perfect. And also, because you, you, you get the impression he's thinking... Barrett's chin, man, <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm probably not going to knock him out, if I can't knock him out that spinning back knee, back kick, or the knee, he's probably going to see this through, so, you know what I mean, making the decision to then throw in those takedowns, and the control on the ground, was just a perfect thing to really just stamp your dominance on the fight, and get that win. It, you know, Zalau is 
definitely someone to look out for in this division because whoo he is good man he is real good and uh you know fun in the interviews too <laughs> but yeah that was the early prelims and they um yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? they they definitely delivered and led you nicely into the main portion of the prelims so the prelims proper open up with a really good featherweight fight. We've got Gavin Tucker against Justin James. James? No, Janus. Yeah, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Who um made a blistering debut against uh, Frank Camacho, you know, just the other month. Right, so it's a, a a quick turnaround, but it was man, this fight it was crazy because you know Janus comes out, yeah, you know, it it's well it starts off a little tentative, right, little tentative, but then they go at it, it's back and forth, it's nice. Janus uploads this uppercut that puts Tucker down. It was just a perfectly timed, you know what I mean? Perfectly timed uppercut. And, um, yeah, Janus jumps on him, man. Jumps on him. Landing ground a pound and goes for a guillotine. Like, goes for a guillotine. That is tight. It is a real tight guillotine. Somehow Tucker survives it. Survives it. And ends the round with a head arm choke. You're just like, what? (laughs) It was a crazy first round. Right? Um, Second round. Second round just... You're just like scratching your head. Because Tucker is... Man, he's performing like he wasn't going nearly out. Wasn't nearly out. And he came hard. Just putting everything together. It was such a 180 in performance. You know what I mean? He was landing everything perfectly. You know what I mean? Like he was hooking to the body, like to the head, uppercuts. Knees, he landed a head kick. He was relentless, just pouring it on. And Janus just didn't have answers. It, it was, man, it was so different to the first. Then in the third round, so the corner, Janus's corner had told him, look, you, you know what I mean, you gotta hit B first. You gotta be first, and he came out better in the third round, you know. But it, it, it's just like Tucker just didn't want to be denied, you know. He hits a head kick, a perfect head kick. That man, it just rocked Janus. It really did, and it was only the fence I feel that stopped him from going down. Like, Janus is, you know what I mean, he's wobbled, clearly wobbled, and so he does the sensible thing, he goes to take it to the ground, right, but Tucker stuffs the shoe, 
stuffs the chute and perfectly transitions to the back. Yo, he's hunting for the rear naked. Just, you know what I mean, really working to get the arm under. He finally gets, you know, the, the perfect grip. Then just squeezes. And, um, yeah, Janus has to tap. Uh, it was just like, yo, god damn. It was a great fight. It was a, you know what I mean, it was... So much action. It was just everything that you wanted. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's a great win for Tucker. Great win for Tucker. Uh, so then we jumped to the middleweight division. And we had Wellington Tourman against Andrew Sanchez. And again, another fun fight. Another one, people. They just... Didn't stop, right? It was kind of a crazy one too Because, you know, Terman He started off really well He was landing a lot of different strikes But then, like, Sanchez He, um, he seemed to find his groove in there And started to land And, um, you know, just put it together Right, and he, you know, he was moving around, just not keeping out of range, you know, not taking any damage, you know, he, um, he landed a great one-two that stumbles, um, Terman, then hits a jab overhand combination, Terman goes down hard, like, Sanchez follows it up with, um, you know, few strikes, but it's done, referee calls it off, it was, man, it, like, it, it was quick, you know, I mean, it really wasn't a long fight, Sanchez, and this is the thing, Sanchez is one of those fighters that I kind of felt, like, we've seen him, you know, he's been in the UFC a while, right, ultimate fighter winner, and we've seen him have decent performances, but I think this performance right here, he just put it all together. It's like he found his just groove tonight, you know? The, I think this was probably the best performance we've seen from Chanchez in the octagon, for real. Yeah. So, um, from there, we dropped down to the lightweight division. And we've got Nazrat Hazragat against a debuting Alex Munez. Um, you know, making his debut in the Octagon. And I have to say, you know what I mean? He, um, Nunez really started the fight perfectly. They come out and Munez hits perfect takedown. Yo, know, just first move out the gate, right? Um... But Hazrat, he he gets up straight away, and from then on, he stuffs every takedown offense. Um, Nunes throws at him, and like Hazrat has got heavy hands, and yo, he let those hands fly. 
he was just landing just crazy big shots, just crazy big shots, and he rocked Nunes, uh, you know, several times in the round, you know, the uppercut just didn't miss, didn't miss, Nunes, he, he landed a few, but they just didn't have anywhere near the power or effect that Hazmarat's shots had, second round, it was basically a continuation, basically a continuation, and Asmarat had Nunes in serious trouble halfway through the round, you know, it, it was just impressive he survived, now in the third round, Nunes did do better, because his corner told him, listen, you need to sit down on your punches, you know, don't give him room, like push forward, and we saw Nunes do that at first, but Although he's landing better, like, Munez needed a finish to win the fight. And he wasn't really doing anything, anything that would do that. You know, he's landing well, but, like, these are the kind of shots you, you'd want in the first round, not the third round, you know? Um, and, yeah, Hadmat just didn't give him any room. Didn't give him any room to do anything else. And really just then piled on the pressure. Piled on the offence. And just continued with the onslaught. It was... Whoa. It was crazy, man. Hazmat is a problem for sure. Really is. Um, great performance. So next we go... Um, second to last fight in the prelims. We've got Kevin Holland. You know what I mean? It, it, it was, he was promised a fight and he got that fight against a debuting Joaquin Buckley, who, um, you know, fought, had fought last weekend. You know, great performance in the LFA. Um, but yeah, you know, he, you could see that, yeah, he's just in great shape. You know, great shape, stocky. Powerful, but god damn, Kevin Holland, he's a problem. <laughs> he really is a problem. Like, Buckley was trying to punch through Holland. You know, he, that's what he was trying to do. And he landed some big shots, right? But Holland was just calm and he is just, he just didn't stop. Talk, didn't stop talking, right? And you could, he was just, you know, what I mean, just calling Buckley in there, you know, just like, hey, you need to calm down, you're gonna wear yourself out, you know, what I mean, just, hey, you're not gonna win like that, you need to throw more, you need to throw more, you're having trouble, aren't you? He just kept talking, it was crazy, and while he's doing that, he is just pinpointing his shots, just pinpointing the shots, and just landing nicely, you know, he puts Buckley down with a straight right, you know, it, it was just like, wait, what the fuck, because when you look, you look at the two, like, Holland ain't a small dude, but compared to Buckley, 
Like Barclays a little Like a Mike Tyson physique Hearing And you could hear the power of his shots As he was landing Like he was putting everything into them But Holland Just Man the power in his shots you It's, it's that kind of Because he's got that frame That's very deceiving You know what I mean Very deceiving But yeah he, he really put a clinic on And Second round he, he just continued You know Just continued His counters were perfect It, it It's just Man it, it was so great Just watching him Just put on This display of fighting You know It, it was A sight to see and then in the third round Whoa <laughs> The third round started And basically I, I, It was Holland's first proper shot I think he landed a, a kick Then a couple of just kind of You know, getting your range shots Right, just throwing his arm out and then he uncalled this right that just switched Buckley's lights off. Just switch like the mouthpiece went flying. Went flying and Buckley just hit the floor. And um yeah, like Holland just waited. The referee went in and Matt, you could see that Buckley wanted he he Thought to himself, I want to get up And went to, like, lifted his head And just was like, nah, it ain't happening And yeah, fight called off Kevin Holland is a problem He is a problem And i got to say Ed Herman does not want any of Kevin Holland Because, oh man, I don't see that fight going well for Herman at all like, man <laughs> I, But, you know, I, I can't wait to see who Holland fights next But, hey, this was a, a good performance from Buckley it, You know what I mean, it was no slouch in it He was trying And, hey, he's gonna land some of those shots on some people And they're going out You know what I mean? They're going to go out So, hey, it'll be interesting to see You know, I mean, what Buckley does in his next fight as well You know But, um, yeah Then we ended the night Well, ended the prelims With um, Tim Means against uh, Lorraine Starapoli In the welterweight division The thing about this fight That I was really interested about was the fact that Staropoli missed weight You know, and he missed it by three and a half pounds So, not really close Now, Means had missed it by one and a half And then cut those one and a half Right, so When you looked at them after weigh-ins Means, he looked hurt He looked like he was hurting you know what I mean, Poli, he, I mean, it's not like he looked perfect, but he didn't look as bad as Means, right? So, 
it was just what's that going to take out of them you know that was the big question and also it says like what's Staropoli going to weigh when he steps in the octagon on fight day right there's you could see that Staropoli was the bigger guy he was the bigger guy and he came out you know he was throwing some good kicks throwing some good kicks but means you know he was able to get takedowns you know he he didn't hold the first one he got um you know Staropoli was able to get up and he he's throwing a lot of spinning attacks you know and landing some big shots but the big difference means took those shots right in his last fight against Daniel Rodriguez it was, you know, this means was fighting well, but then he took that big shot that rocked the fuck out of him at the end of that first round, and that was it. So you kind of thought, oh, like, has means ability to take a big shot kind of gone? But no, because he took big shots in this fight, right? The second round, again, like... You know, Means took some big shots, but he he's able to get takedowns, and he landed a head kick. The God, it was so clean. Put Starapoli down, you know, put him down. But it was insane that the fact that Starapoli was able to recover as quickly as he could, you know. And I do kind of feel that is kind of down to the fact he didn't make weight, right? But then going into the third, uh, it, it was just, you know, I think Means just was able to put it together, right? He's able to get those takedowns, um, which was the big difference, was the big difference because he got those takedowns and he got the control time. You know, there was a lot of work on the fence, but Means controlled it, right? He controlled it and won that fight. And I was glad he won. You know, I thought Staropoli was going to win um, just because after that Daniel Rodriguez fight. And then just the fact that he didn't make weight. But I was so pleased that Means was able to put it together and just show that he, he's not done. You know, he's still a false man, still a false. And it was a great way to end the prelims. Great way to end the prelims. Okay, so we start things off with a lightweight fight between Benil Dariush and Scott Holtzman. And goddamn... The fight had a lot. Like, things started off pretty even, to be honest. But, uh, unfortunately, there was a few eye pokes. I think there was a low shot as well. So, we got a few stoppages, right? But once all that got dealt with, damn, Dariush came out with intensity. Hit a couple of big knees. That definitely, you know what I mean, hurt Holtzman. 
hurt Holtzman. And it was a shock he didn't go down. Because he looked... Man, he looked all over the place. You know? Um, Like... Oh, man. He had a few... um, Had a few more big shots. You know what I mean? That really did rock Holtzman, man. But again, Holtzman didn't go down. It was crazy. And like, Holtzman, you know what I mean? He he threw and landed some of his own shots too. I mean, so Darius had to be careful that he didn't get Scott Smith, right? And um, yeah, but it ended with ah oh, just a perfect like little combo. So like Darius, he faked to left, and then like just spun, hit a spinning back fist. And the fist didn't, like, land. It was more the forearm, but that was enough. Holtzman just, he was out. He went down. It Yeah, it was over. It was over. Another big win for Dariush. So, uh, man, like, Dariush, I, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a number by his name. You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting to see who he gets next, right? So we then uh, uh, jumped to the women's bantamweight division and we had Yana Kuniskaya against Jozela um, Stolienko, who was making a return to the UFC. She was in um, The Ultimate Fighter, fought in the finale, lost a split decision and um, yeah, went to the regional but rolled off wins, rolled off five wins I believe. And so, yeah, this was her return. And, um, you know, as I say, Stolarenko, she started off well. She was, you know, moving, like landing, slipping shots. But Kuniskaya got her against the fence. And, yeah, just dominated on the fence, really. You know, just, like, just short shots, a few elbows, not as many as you'd think, but the odd elbow, but really just, you know what I mean, wearing on her, like, um, Stolarenko, you know, she kept on, like, kind of jumping up, like, wrapping her legs around Kuniskaya, and it looked like she was trying to get a standing guillotine, but just, you know, not able to get it, because, you know, Kuniskaya knew what she was trying to do, right, uh, so yeah, just, just ended with that, but real domination from Kuniskaya on the fence, second round, um, Starenko, you know, she came out, tried to land a big kick, Kuniskaya caught the kick, and just slammed her down, it was a huge slam, it's just like, yo, but, you know, Kuniskaya, she wasn't really looking to engage with her on the ground, you know, um, but when Stiliskaya gets up, Kuniskaya gets her up against the fence, and we just get a bit more of what we saw in the first, probably a minute left in the round, um, you know, 
Stolarenko, she was able to get off the fence, but Kuniskaya got a trip takedown. This time, Kuniskaya was like, eh, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to follow her down. Followed her down, landed a couple of shots, but Stolarenko, she threw the legs up. I mean, um, and yeah, just looking for that arm bar, right? But she's up against the fence, which was the big problem for her because she couldn't extend the arm. She couldn't crank it, right? But she's still hunting for it. She, you know, changed leg position a little bit and was able to get a kind of a turn. So she's a kind of in spider web, right? And, you know, she's still trying to extend that arm. And just as the buzzer hit, like, Kuniskaya was able to escape But, you know, Stolarenko, she showed that she is dangerous You know, that, yeah, she could snatch it if she had the opportunity um, So, third round started And, you know, straight out the gate Kuniskaya lands, you know, a big-ass knee Big-ass knee Gets Stolarenko up against the fence and just continues the ground and pound. Right, I, I uh, like Stolarenko, you know, watching her outside the UFC, she definitely looked like she'd been able to, you know, work on her tools, put things together, and she looked a more complete fighter. But tonight, you know, she just couldn't get off the fence. That was a big issue. Couldn't get off the fence. So, um, yeah, Kuniskaya didn't have to do a lot. She just dominated on the fence, landing a few shots, you know, doing her thing. So, yeah, it was a good win for her. Be interesting to see what happened with Stolarenko going forward, you know. But, uh, yo, then we jump to the middleweight division. We got Maki uh, Pitolo, you know, those coconut bombs against Darren the Dentist Stewart. And, like, Stewart's a good fighter, a real good fighter, but we haven't really seen him really put it together. And in the last couple of fights, I kind of feel like he's let his focus slip a little. You know what I mean? Like, you wondered if his cardio was fully there. You know, there was just a few issues, right? So it's really interesting to see how he would perform tonight. And I gotta say, this, you know, this was the dentist we've wanted to see. You know, he he stayed focused. He didn't, you know, deviate from the game plan. He, you know what I mean, he, he just, man, he just put it together, you know, there was no feeling out, <laughs> like, no feeling out, straight into the exchange, right, um, but yeah, then, you know, you thought, oh, Pitoli died, like, he didn't want that, didn't want it, he felt the power, and he, you know, he was pushed to the outside. So he's circling around. And I did wonder 
if Stewart should be doing more to cut him off rather than follow, right? But he was pushing out that jab, landing it well, um, and every time they did meet, you know what I mean? Like Stewart just ripped to the body, kept it, kept a tight guard, ripped to the body, and you know landed well on the exit. Right, so that was big, man. That was real big, right? Um, so Pitoli he went for the takedown, right? Came in, tried to get the takedown, and you saw at first Stewart was defending it, but then you see him like change his positions of his hands, change positions of the hands. And it's like he let himself get taken. And as he's going down, he then just, mm, a nice little swivel, arm goes under the chin. Right? He, he oh man, it was, was nice. You know, so he's um, wrapped up that guillotine. Right, he's wrapped it up. Hasn't got control of the body though, so you wonder, ooh, but they hit the ground and you can see he's, you know what I mean, just really tighten that grip. And then the elbow goes up so you know he's just cranking it. Just, oh, like just cranking the grip. They're on their side. And um, yeah, Patoli, there was nothing he could do. Nothing he could do. Got a tap. Got a tap. This was a great performance from Stewart. He looked so friggin' just focused and sharp, man. Focused and sharp. This is a Stewart we wanted to see. And, man, I'm real interested to see what he does in the next fight. Because, yo, he looked good. He really did look good. You just hope... Like, I don't want him to go off against Holland because that might not be great. But, you know what I mean? Stuart looked good. He really did. So, yo, great one for the dentist people. So, now we go into the co-main event. Right? So, we've got Amari Akhmadov against Chris Weidman, who is returning to the middleweight division. And, like... You know, Chris has gone one in five in his last six, right? So it's not been great for him. And his chin has looked suspect. So I think there was so much riding on this fight. There really was. You know, it was just what Chris Weidman would we see, right? That was the big question going into this. What was interesting, Weidman, he came out with a karate stance, you know, so you could see that because he he did this camp with um Wonder Boy. I mean, they're brother-in-laws, so it kind of makes sense and all of that. Um, and yeah, so Wyman had this different stance. His arms, he you know, his hands were low, which was a little worrying, right? And Akhmadev, he landed some big shots, but yeah, Wideman was okay. You know, wasn't phased, wasn't rocked by them And that was good to see That was really good to see 
now the um the thing with this as well uh like Weidman was able to get like some takedowns you know he was able to get some takedowns um and really just control with his top game that was the big thing of this round chris's top game and control on the feet as well he you know he landed some good shots landed some good shots so yeah it, it, it was promising it was really promising but i think the big thing was with chris going for as many takedowns as he did that had worn on him because he was there's the other big thing though like weidman he was shooting from afar out you know in, in the first round with the first few takedown offense um which you did think like he really you know because akmadev he's hard to take down but weidman he wasn't as slick with his takedowns as we've seen him in the past. So in the second round, it was a lot closer because yeah, Wyman he was tired, right? Um, and the big thing was so Weidman couldn't get really many takedowns, but Akmadev he took Weidman down, got a several, and to be honest, a good few of them. Were pretty easy, pretty easy, which you was a little concerning, but Amadev couldn't really, you know, take advantage of the takedowns because Weidman, yo, every time he was taken down and Amadev kind of came in, he landed some good up kicks every time, every single friggin' time he landed the up kick, right. So that was good. And um yeah, he he ended with finally getting his own takedown. You know? But yeah, I would probably say the second was Akmavev's round. And the other thing was like Weidman, you were just like, yo, keep your arms up, man. Keep your arms up. Because he he was getting hit more. But yeah, still not in trouble, right? His chin was holding up really well. So that, again, promising. Now, in between the second and third, Ray Longo really lit a fire under Weidman. You know, he read him the right act and just, I think it was the, the talk Weidman needed. Because he came out in the third, boom, straight away, gets a takedown, right? Gets a takedown. Um, now, he 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 couldn't hold it, you know. Akmev was able to get back up, but Weidman stuck to him, stuck to him, and was like able to get him down and go straight into a a leg lock. I think Felder called it a banana split. Um, so that was good. Like Weidman, he couldn't finish it. Couldn't finish it. It was kind of like I feel the leg lock that Aljo got against Brett Johns. You know what I mean? Um, Weidman he couldn't finish it, but from that he ended up on top, and that was it. Once Weidman got on top, we just saw him 
control the fight Right, he he went for the head arm choke And just not able to get it man Not able to get it But tried a few times Tried a few times And hit with some elbows Right, but he yeah Controlled the rest of the round From the top And it was Man, it was good to see Weidman get Back into the win common And in his interview He did say that, you know what I mean It was sloppy And he wants, you know He wants to tighten it up But he is looking to make another run So, hey It was great that he got the win Be interesting to see You know, how he is in the next one You know, because I think that's the litmus test here How is he going to be in the next fight You know But uh, yeah now it's the main event Right Derek Lewis against Alexi Olenek Heavyweights And you know Lewis came in friggin heavy 265 So that was the big question here How is he going to perform Because in his last few fights He's been You've seen the athleticism Just really improve Right so it's just like, oh, how's this Lewis going to be? And he came out hard, came out really trying to take it to Olenek, you know, landing some shots and all of that. But Olenek is a, you know, he's a wily motherfucker. And so he was able to um, wrap him up, wrap him up and get him down, right? So once on the ground, um, Olenek, he he was looking well. Actually, at first he was trying. He he did look at the Ezekiel choke from standing, right? But yeah, Lewis, he yeah he'd said on unfiltered that he'd been working on that defense, so he was able to get that. But yeah, got to the ground. Then Olenek was trying a um, I believe it was called a scarf choke. So he he tried that a couple of times. Tried a head arm choke, just not able. But um, yeah, you kind of feel that both were close, right? But not able to lock them up, right? Um, so goes into the second, and Lewis comes out with a flying knee, a flying knee, man. It was like okay. Um, it you know it landed in the chest, right? But Lewis lands and then hits a huge fucking right, and yo that landed perfectly on Olenek's chin. Olenek goes down and Lewis just jumps on top and unloads with the ground and pound. Now I did at first think that some of those big art shots were to the back of the head. But when we saw the fight from a different angle, I'm not quite sure, right? Not quite sure. But, yo, you know what I mean? It it was enough for the ref to call it. So, hey, big win for Lewis. Interestingly, though, he did say in the um in the talk afterwards that, uh, you know, if the buzzer hadn't gone... At the end of the first, he he probably would have tapped because the choke was hard. Yeah, said the choke was hard, man. So that was interesting. 
Now, um, we didn't get a fight of the night, you know, which, you know, I get. Like, we saw some good fights, you know, like the Tucker Janus fight was, man, that was good. That was, hmm, I would probably say, yeah, that was probably one of the best fights on the card. Um, you know, Darius Holtzman was a good fight. Um, the mean Staropoli wasn't a bad fight, you know, but, um, yeah, I can get why we didn't get a fight of the night, but we got four performance of the night, which is a good look, and I think that's the most deserved, right, so, the cats that won that, so, Tucker got one for his, um, just incredible performance and, uh, you know, submission of Justin Janus, Andrew Sanchez got one for his blistering stoppage of Wellington Turman. Kevin Sh- Kevin Holland got one for the way he turned Jackie Buckley's lights out. And then Darren Stewart got one for his just spiffing performance against Mackie Patoli. And that just great. Great sub finish So yeah, all well deserved And um, that is it For another great fight card, people Another great fight We haven't had a rubbish fight card It has been great A great time to be a fight fan And it's only going to get better Right? Because next week Woo! Next week is UFC 250, it's 252, right? 252, it's the rubber match. DC against Stipe. God damn. Yes, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, Yeah, I have to say, this time around, we did... uh, Actually, yeah, we didn't do that great. <laughs> we didn't do that great. And out of the 12 fights, I predicted... What was it? I think the first... Got the first three right. Um, Then Hasmarat, Holland. So we got five. Hmm. Dariush, six. And Weidman, seven. So we got 7 out of 12 So, I mean, it's okay But not great, right? But, yeah We'll see how we do next week, people We'll see how we do next week But, hey, fun-ass card, man Fun-ass card Okay, people So, we are drawing to a close Of another episode But before we do Let's take a look and see what's happening In the world of MMA So with Michael Chandler's knockout of Benson Henderson at the weekend He's now entering free agency So the big question is Will we see him in the UFC? So last time he just re-signed But uh, I don't know man I, I, I feel that this is the time And we will see yeah, I think we'll see Chandler sign over. Um, 
Alright, so uh, some other stuff. Now, word has come that uh, Tyson Jones, the exhibition fight, it's been postponed. It was meant to happen on the 12th of September on Triller, but yeah. Every, like, see, everyone's reporting right now that the fight has been postponed, no real reason given, and that the new date is likely gonna be the 20th of November. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I guess September isn't that far away, so maybe people ha- like Ms. Tyson hasn't boxed for. You know, years Jones has So maybe there are tests And things that Tyson has to do That, you know, the commission Doesn't think are gonna be Done in time I don't know, who knows, right We will see But, uh, some other news So, um At UFC 251 That happened on Fight Island Roman Bagatov, you know, he was coming in as the, you know, he was the M1 light heavyweight champion, got signed both with the UFC, but yeah, he fought Leonardo Santos on that card, and uh, Bagatov, god damn, he fought a crazy, like, he, he landed four illegal strikes, I remember it got so bad that Mike Mark Goddard just took two points off of him. Because he was it, yeah, it was so crazy. But uh so what it, it turns out the UFC has terminated his contract. Yeah, which I kind of feel that is a um yo, that's a warning for cats, man. You come in and you fight like you mean dirty? Because with like his response to those low shots, it kinda seemed that yeah, he didn't really give a fuck. And then he goes and throws another one. It was it was it was crazy. Um But yeah, that I think that really shows UFC ain't fucking around. You know what I mean? You fight like that, you're done. Alright, but here's some fights. So, on the 22nd of August, Matthew uh, Semmelsberger will be fighting Philip Rowe. Uh, on the 29th, so Jeff Neal was meant to be fighting Neil Magny, but uh, yeah, Jeff Neal got rushed to hospital. Um, I believe it was something to do with septic, so he is out of that fight, obviously. But all is good because of Robbie Lawler is stepping in as a replacement. And from what it sounds, it's not like it's a late notice fight for Lawler because he was looking to try and jump on that card. So it sounds like he'd been training and he was ready to fight. So, uh, you know, Lawler Magni, that's a good one. Be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, so on the 5th of September Cole Smith is going to be fighting Hunter Zoo 
And then the following week, Brian Barberina is scheduled to fight Anthony Ivy. So that will be on the 12th of September. So, uh, yeah, there you go, people. That is the news. Oh, actually, one other bit. So it sounds like um, Luke Rockhold is ready to come back. You know, he kind of indicated that maybe he wouldn't fight again, but didn't put it in concrete. But now he's saying, yeah, he's ready to sign on for a fight, and he's looking to get something in before the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. And I wonder if that's because he's been training with DC. So maybe, yeah, the energy is back. He feels reinvigorated. He wants to get back to it. I wonder if maybe Kane comes back. Who knows, right? Um, But yeah, people, that is it. We are done for another episode. And we will see you on Wednesday. Alright, so um, it's a contender series again tomorrow. Every fighter made weight, so we're going to get the full schedule of fights this week. Can't wait. Let's see how many contracts get handed out. All right, people, catch you on Wednesday. Peace.